You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk. So, Jody, welcome to Community Now, and it's wonderful to have you here. You are 91 years old and still as fresh as a daisy. Um, how did the whole faith journey uh, begin for you? Well, I, I, I really would say it started with my mother when I was just little because she was such a wonderfully enthusiastic person and she made Jesus real to me right from very young. And uh, I owe her a lot because of her inspirational figure, really, you know. So that's when it started. Fantastic. And then and then, did you reach a point where, you know, where you decided, yes, Jesus is definitely for me? Uh, oh, I never took that for granted. It, it always, that's what it always meant. Jesus was real to me from a little child. I went to school full time at three. And I was evangelizing my friends in the playground. So, you know, it was that's how it was from very young. <laughs> now, you've had a very interesting life. Obviously, you went for a very large uh, part of your time to uh, to Australia. How, how did you find life over uh, in Oz? Oh, wonderful. Um, I mean, obviously, all life has its down moments. But Australia was a wonderful experience. And. Um, particularly as I met my husband, Philip, in Melbourne, and he and I were just meant for each other. And we we just taught the same language as far as God was concerned and Jesus. And um, it, yes, it was, it was marvellous. So I suppose that influenced my whole attitude to Australia. And it's a great place, and I like going back to it. Well, yes. well, funny enough, the one place that I have been to in Australia is Melbourne. So I, oh, right. it, yeah. it, it's a lovely city. <laughs> now, obviously, you came back from uh, from Australia with with two children, uh, uh, Vicky and and uh, and Laurie, and then of course you went on to have a, a third child in 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 Jim. It was lovely actually uh, reading their comments about you because obviously uh, you and and your husband Phil had obviously brought the children up in probably the same atmosphere that you had experienced yourself as a child. Yes, yes, very much so. And yet we were both very um, independent figures. You know, I mean, we 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 didn't, um, how can I put it? I didn't just uh, conform to what he believed. We both had our own views. Indeed. And, and of course, learning, lifelong learning has very much been a part of you, I, I was intrigued uh, to learn that you were seventy-one <laughs> when you when you actually got uh, uh, an uh, an M was it an an MA? Yeah, my master's degree. I went up to, in Birmingham Town Hall to receive that at the age of I think it was about seventy. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Now you, I think uh, you always wanted to be a teacher, uh, yeah. but. That never quite worked out, but it, but you did go in a slightly different direction, didn't you? Well, my father was in business and he wanted me to follow him in, in his business, which was very much the case in those days. You did what your father wanted you to do. And um, so I, I went into the business and I didn't do any A-levels, as they're called in England, uh, because I was expected to 
go into the business, which actually I enjoyed very much. But there was always this little bit of heartache that I would have loved to have been a teacher, as my mother was. So what was the nature of the business, Josie? A fashion, women's fashion. And she ha- and father had several businesses, of which I became the manager of one of them when I was about 18, 17 or 18. It was a teenage business. And we copied America because England didn't have any teenage businesses. At the- <laughs> Yes. But the other uh, aspect uh, to you, of course, is that you did get involved with training people for counselling. How, how did you get into, uh, into the whole counselling realm and, and what was the nature of that? Well, um, it was something that was on our hearts very much that a lot of people, a lot of Christians were hurting. And we just felt we wanted to know more about how to train them, how to help them. And we went to a course by Selwyn Hughes. I don't know whether you've heard of him. Yes, Every Day with Jesus, yeah. Yeah, quite well known. And um, it was a very, very helpful course. We went, we, we stayed there for a week and and it, it it was, yes, it was tremendously helpful. And And so... After that, we wondered where the Lord would leave us, uh, lead us, sorry. And um, then we had a, a somebody from one of the black country churches near Birmingham say to Phil, would you be willing to run a counselling course for the members of our church, any that want it? And, and, um, and, we, and my husband thought about it and we talked it over and he said, yes. Yes, certainly. And anyway, to cut a long story short, he started and then somebody went to see him in action and said to him, listen, Phil, you need Joe with you, um, Josie, you know, you need her with you doing a husband and father and um, husband and wife uh, course. And so that it took off for a number of years and we saw hundreds of people in Birmingham as a result. Now, during the course of your lifetime, you must have seen many, many changes. I mean, particularly in terms of faith. I mean, UK would undoubtedly have been classed as a, a Christian country. And of course, our very laws are, are modeled on, on Christian truths. Sadly, of course, that is that is no longer uh, the case. Uh, how have you felt about all of that? I mean, the changes that you've seen over the years? particularly the changes happening in the last six months, even, you know, very rapid changes. Mm. Uh, I'm very sad, very sad indeed. And the greatest sadness, I suppose, is uh, is seeing perhaps the um, quite clear beliefs of many Christians becoming rather confused by modern thinking. And I, f- I feel that is a great danger. Now, obviously, you was a woman with great wisdom. And uh, sadly, and you've already said that, that un- unfortunately, many Christians suffer from exactly the same issues that people who aren't Christians suffer for. And some people have said there's as many problems within the church as there is outside of it. There are obviously reasons for that. And if you were if you were counselling people in order to to 
get free of whatever those issues may be, uh, and, and also to establish themselves uh, on a firmer faith footing, what would you be saying to them, Josie? I would say my the thing that has kept me secure in the Lord for all those years is to believe that this book, the Bible, is the inspired word of God. Because once we start eroding into that in any way, then where do we go? I mean, there's, the, the sky's the limit in a way, isn't it? So that's, that would be my foundation. The, the, the Bible is the word of God, inspired. Absolutely. And, and, and of course, uh, you're a person who has not only practiced that, but you've studied the Bible and you continue to study uh, the Bible. Yeah. Some people feel it, find it quite hard you know, to study the Bible. In fact, some people find it quite hard to pray. I mean, again, have you got any tips for us? Well, what I am is what I've become because of other people's influence. And um, one man that influenced my life very early on, um, named Sidney, uh, he said something which confirmed what I believed, and that is the Bible is your all, only source when you're, when you're studying it. Only use the Bible. In fact, when you go to a new subject, don't read commentaries, don't read books until you've read it yourself and ask God to guide you. And that's been a wonderful guideline. Just go to the Bible yourself and pray for God's help. Then you can go to other books. And would it be true to say that in your experience, uh, it's been quite an adventure for you? Oh, absolutely wonderful. And it remains so. It's just as exciting to me now. And I'm still discovering things every day, new things. And I think I believe, and Phil, my husband too, we believe in lifelong education. And that's another good guideline. And may I just say one other thing? And that is that we actually use the Bible as our source in this way. For instance, if I may just use one example, which is probably going to come out in my revelation uh, talks, and that is. Um, there are certain key things which we need to hold on to. For instance, Jesus used, in, in one chapter, he would use four different timelines. Now, I think one of the reasons there's so many ideas about Revelation and Daniel is because people have said to themselves, no, I can't accept that for some reason. If we go away from using the time periods as literal, then we're lost. That, that would be another thing I would hold on to very strongly. Now, when you say four different time periods, could you outline a little bit yeah, more? I should have made that clear. I mean, four different ways of expressing the same time. So 1,260 days, 42 months, Time, times and half a time. And there's another one, which I can't remember at the moment, but they all are talking about the same time. And it's Jesus saying it. So I, my philosophy is if Jesus says it, then it must be true. Now, you set out on another pioneering adventure, let's call it that. Uh, and you've decided uh, to 
to teach us all uh, from the books of Revelation and also from the books of Daniel. What, what was it that set you on this course, Josie? Why did you decide to undertake this project? Well, in 1963, which is a fair time ago, isn't it? <laughs> Somebody came to us and in a little Bible study we were doing, and he said, um, he said, my dear brothers and sisters, all you need to understand the revelation is your Bible. And we, in Australia, we'd had a very different type of teaching, which really turned us off revelation. But when he said that, something clicked in our minds. Yes, it's, it's the Bible that's our authority. We don't need other books. We just need to find out how to use the Bible. And, and that was the beginning. And it was just thrilling. But I, I'm a very tidy-minded person, I suppose. And so, therefore, the, um, I find it easy to get all, all the quotes on one subject and put them all down together. And to me, that's something exciting. To others, it would be very boring, but it is <laughs> exciting, I think. Now, some people at your age shy away from technology. We are talking through technology. And indeed, I, I have viewed your first two Bible studies in, in, in the book of Revelation and was very impressed, actually, because not only are you a very clear and precise teacher, but of course, there's graphics on the screen alongside you. Have you, have you uh, recruited an army of people to help you put it all together? Well, um. I have to mention the person that got me going on this whole thing and named Piers, who has just inspired me to do this. I, I wouldn't have dreamt at the age of 91 of doing this, but for his inspiration and encouragement. And it's been so thrilling because instead of feeling at 91, that was the end of life, it's been like a a thrilling excursion into something that I was in my heart longing to do anyway. But I just thank God for him. And he's just helped me and encouraged me. And, and that makes such a difference. And I feel I've got a purpose. Yes. Absolutely. Now, obviously, you're, you're, you're releasing your teachings, little 10 minute uh, teachings uh, on on Revelation. And then you'll be going on to Daniel as well, though you cross-reference uh, both books. Um, uh, has it has it flowed, Josie, you know, putting it all together? Has it what? Sorry. Has it flowed? You know, have you find it uh, quite easy, in other words, to, to prepare? Yeah, this, this, is, Blair, this is one of the thrilling things that I've discovered that doesn't matter whether you go to Genesis, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Matthew, it doesn't matter what part of the Bible you go to, it agrees with itself. It's God's word. Admittedly, human beings wrote down the books, and, and that was wonderful, and God guided them. But there's this overall guidance of all these authors, which is bringing a continuity. And, and this is what convinces you, because you think, well, this is something that humanly couldn't happen, but with the Spirit of God, it can happen. That the, These books are inspired in such a way that they, um, they actually corroborate each other. 
And that is what convinces you. This is the word of God. Must be. Well, of course, there's that little verse, isn't there, that the the uh, the new is in the old concealed and the old is by the new revealed. Uh, oh. uh, <laughs> have you heard that before? But it's, it's quite a, uh, an amazing thing. I mean, Isaiah wrote 700 years before Jesus ever appeared on the earth. And yet, of course, he wrote very graphically about the coming of the Messiah. And as somebody who has studied the Bible, this must be very thrilling for you, you know, to see how everything has linked together. I mean, you've already said it, basically. Yes. And if I might just say at this point, I believe that Jesus is the, is the saviour of the whole world and of all ages. So that means... He is the saviour of the people living in the Old Testament as well as the New. Maybe they didn't realise it most of the time and they disappointed God very much. But that was the central theme that Abraham and David and Sarah and all these people written in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. They, uh, it's, it's just so um, clear that they depended on Jesus Christ as their saviour. And of course, the the all of the Old Testament writings points to the coming of the Messiah, doesn't it? Yeah. They all point to Jesus. So I guess yeah. that's not surprising what you're saying. Mm. Yeah. Let's go back to Revelation. I mean, obviously, you begin by getting, giving a bit of an overview. And you talk about John himself, who when on the island of Patmos, he was given the given the revelation. Uh, he was he was quite an elderly man himself at that time, wasn't he? And, yes, probably about my age. <laughs> So how, how do you think that he was impacted by such an amazing revelation? Well, profoundly, of course. Um, and he was a man that was may have been 90, but he was all there. You know, I mean, he, Jesus chose his lovely disciple that he loved so much to write this down. And don't forget, it was Jesus as, that was the prophet who gave it to him. And uh, I would say, well... I do know that both Daniel and John were devastated by some of the stuff they saw. Yeah. It, it absolutely brought them to lying flat on the floor in physical exhaustion and, and agony, in a sense. And a hand touched both of them. It's wonderful, this. In John chapter one, you know, where there's the, the image, John collapses at the end and, and a hand says to him, Come on, John, you're all right, you know, and, and it reassures him, brings him back. And exactly the same thing happens to Daniel in chapter 10. He sees almost the same vision and a hand comes to him at the end where he's collapsed on the floor. They have similar experiences, which were pretty difficult at the time, I guess, very difficult. But there was always somebody there to say, I want to reassure you, John. And, you know, he broke down in tears when he found that nobody was worthy to open that scroll. And, and it, it absolutely devastated him. And then someone says, don't worry, the Lion of the tribe of Judah has conquered. It, it's all exciting, isn't it? I think that one of your favourite letters one of the favourite churches is is the letter to Smyrna, uh, which, in fact, I heard you speaking about. But just tell us uh, why, of all the, the letters that were sent to the various churches, um, that Smyrna 
and if, if I've got this wrong, correct me, Josie, but Smyrna does seem to stand out as one of your favourite stories. Yes. I'm afraid I made a little mistake at the beginning of that one. I said Sardis by mistake, but it was corrected, fortunately. <laughs> Smyrna stands out to me because of Polycarp. And although he's not mentioned in the actual text, it's very much what he was doing. And he was the bishop of the church there. And and uh, I did mention in the text what he went through. So I won't repeat that. But well, no, it, you, 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 because people listening to us now won't know the story of Polycarp. Oh, okay. All right. Polycarp was the bishop of the church. And the Romans, of course, were very, um, in that city or town, whatever it was, they were very uh, much in, it was a, a Roman city, so they were very much in control of it. And they rounded Polycarp and they said, look, come into our headquarters, we want to talk to you. So he went and they said, now, we know you're a good man and we know that the church really uh, respect you and um, there's just one little thing we want you to do for us, the Romans, is just a small thing, but it will save you a lot of trouble in the future. And that is offer a whiff of incense to, the, to Caesar. And Polycarp stood there for a minute, uh, an old man of 90, it seems as though there are lots of them around. Anyway, he said, Jesus Christ has been my friend for 80 or 90 years and I'm not going to leave him now. So I will not offer a whiff of incense to Caesar. So there he was, a, 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 an old man, and, uh, and he, refused, he refused to sort of bow to the Roman demand uh, or even request. But of course, he paid a great price for that, didn't he? Yes, he was burnt at the stake, which would have been an agonising death. But um, he suffered perhaps for an hour, it must be terrible to be burned. But um, there was another young man in the same church who was a, a devout Christian in, in most ways. He was young, inexperienced. And when he was asked by the Romans to do the very same thing, he just couldn't do it. He couldn't bring himself to do it. And it's, it is said that he never had a moment's peace after that. Which is sad, isn't it? That yes. yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. That was his decision. Now, obviously, um, you know, Revelation points to the end of all things, the establishment of the new heaven and the new earth, the coming again of of Christ in that in that whole resurrection. There's there's quite a debate at the moment, uh, Josie, about whether or not we're living in the last days. Of course, over the centuries, many people have thought, well, these are the last days. Have you any thoughts about that? Yes. Um, there are certain things, uh, particularly in the book of Daniel, which are given us in, um, in conjunction with Revelation, because the two go together. Um, and uh, I would say, well, may I just quote something Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 15. And he says, when you see the abomination that makes desolate, or some versions say the desolating sacrilege, we don't know what that is. We know it's blasphemous and it's evil and it's horrible. 
when you see that set up in the holy place, then, then he gives certain warnings. And he says, as spoken of by Daniel the prophet. Now, that one sentence, as spoken of by Daniel the prophet, gives the absolute authority of truth to the, the prophet Daniel by Jesus himself. So he, he obviously is saying, look at Daniel next, because you need Daniel to help you explain Revelation. Which is and, why, of course, you've, you've decided to, to expand the book of Daniel along with Revelation. Yes. And so, yes, I do believe we're living in the last days, but we don't know. There's no way we know at the moment um, that we know it hasn't started yet. And we shall know when it does start. Mm. But at the moment, uh, it hasn't. You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk.